You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about breaking up with your bad books and interviewing author and podcaster, Aaron Menke. But first... What are you reading, Bria? You're going to laugh at what I'm reading. Oh my god, I'm really excited. I'm reading Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> That's great! Okay, so for this is what happened. This is a crazy... Life is uh, well. I don't know what the word is. Life is strange. Um. So a few episodes ago, we shit talked Jane Austen. I know. Majorly shit talked Jane Austen. Well, I wouldn't say majorly, but people were really upset. People were really upset. Ne- but about neither it. of us had ever read Jane Austen. I had read. I've read some. Uh, I, in oh. high school. In high school, I did. Oh, see, I never have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I re- I've read Pride and Prejudice, and because I trust me, revisiting, and I'm like, I remember this book, and then. One of my friends asked me to be in her project like six months ago or something. It probably wasn't that long. My friend Paula, I love Paula, and I said, yes, of course. And I didn't even look and see what I was doing. And then she's running a Seed and Spark campaign for it right now. So I looked it up. I looked up to see what I was doing in it. I probably shouldn't say this on that podcast that I didn't know. But I just I, look, I'm, I'm just busy. And she, I love Paula. And I would do, what? do you want me to crawl through the mud? Whatever. I'll do that for you. I love Paula. So I'm playing... Um, Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Austin's Revenge. <laughs> and so I was really like, wow, not only were our listeners mad, I also- The like, universe was pissed at you. The universe was mad at me. I got bit right in the ass by a book. Like, it was just like, oh man, you, I fucked up real hard. So I was like, well, I guess I have to read this book now. Now this book is like calling to me because it's like, not only did you shit talk it and then people got mad, which I was like, well, whatever, I'm going to keep reading what I'm going to read. And then this happened and I was like, well, I always read, I prepare for every role I do and I, I mean, it's, it's you're gonna have to wear a fluffy dress. It's not. It's a modern day version. <laughs> oh, so it's it's not it totally. And guys, we know that Jane Austen is about much more than fluffy dresses. We know this it was is. literally a case of me judging a book by its cover. It's true. It's true. Anyway, that sort of bit me in the ass. So all of our listeners, um, I'll keep you updated about how I feel about it. I'm about. And we know that Jane Austen is a very important part of the Western literary canon, and she was a wonderful writer and very influential. You know what? The book is really good. Like as much as we should talk, I to- still have. I- I still have not read read anything. I will re- reserve judgment. You know what's weird is I feel like I'm reading like a Gail Carriger book because I'm like, it like feels like it's these women in this certain time period. But I'm like, where, when are these werewolves going to come? But it, there are no werewolves in Pride and Prejudice, as it turns out. Didn't they do? Well, it's like you could read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That like, and there's a new one. I actually just ordered some Pride and Prejudice, like other werewolf. Maybe it has werewolves. It's some other one, one of those just came out. Yeah, just came out. Anyway, what are you reading? I am reading something quite the opposite of Pride and Prejudice. And so this episode, guys, is all about whether or not to break up with a book that you don't like. Mm-hmm. For the first time on Reading Glasses, I'm going to break my rule about talking about a book that I'm not into. Wow. Okay. It's a big day for both of us. Big day for both of us. And it's not that this book is bad. It's just that I'm really not enjoying the experience of reading it, and I can't decide whether or not I should stop. I'm 70 pages into it. It's called The Merman by Carl Johan Valgren, uh, by Carl Johan Valgren, and it's translated from Swedish by Ellen Flynn. And I bought it when I was in Iceland. You oh, know yes. I love mer creatures. It's Swedish, not Icelandic, though. Yeah, but I bought it when I was... It was... I got it, you, was got it, it was... Got it, got it. There in Iceland, looking at me on the bookshelf. Sure, mer creatures. Of course, you bought. I had to pay twenty five dollars for it because it's Iceland and books are very expensive in Iceland. <laughs> um, so I was been very excited to read this book, and um, again, I'm very, I'm almost I'm like a fourth of the way I'm into the book. At it. Yeah, you're into it, and it's so 
fucking depressing. It is so hard to read. It's about these two kids and they're they live in Sweden and their parent their one of their their father's in jail, their mother's an alcoholic and doesn't take care of them and they're two years apart. It's a brother and a sister and the little brother gets made fun of at school all the time and the kids like beat the shit out of him and put lit cigarettes in his ears and his sister tries to help him and defend him and then they beat the shit out of her and they have to steal clothes and like their life is so sad and I'm 70 pages in and it's just like a litany of sadness that I'm like should I keep going? Are you worried about these kids? Are you like worried, worried about, about them? these kids? So, they so you think you have to keep reading it to, to figure out what happens to these kids? Yeah well there's a scene where they light a cat on fire. Oh no. Not, that, not the kids but this like this bully and it's like it's such a hard book for me to read and I've been so stressed out this week that mm. I'm like I think I need to put this book down. I think you need to put the book down. Well, we can talk about it when we get into the into the main topic. But I that's what I'm reading right down. now. Right. Trigger, if I mean, this book might be amazing. The writing is great, guys. And if you're interested in Merman, like, check it out. But there's no Merman yet? You're no on 70 pages on? No Merman yet. There's, no, thank but you. But I will say, guys, trigger warnings for almost everything with this one. Yikes. Maybe that's just too many trigger warnings. So it's a lot of trigger I, warnings. I can only take one or two, man. <laughs> God, the cat thing really threw me over the edge. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah wrote in about what to do about a stinky book. Oh, I love it. By the way, I love Sarah. I love her so much. Please read this. This is amazing. So Sarah writes, I did want to chime in and say that there are some methods that can be used to improve the smell of a book before you chuck it in the bin. Sarah is like a walking real simple magazine. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yes. I keep interrupting. Thanks. I love Sarah it. is the Martha Seward of the book world. Yes. So first off, you can place newsprint between each page to absorb the moisture and reduce the smell. You can put it in a resealable plastic bag and place it in the freezer for a time, then cleaning any dirt, mold, or mildew off with a clean paintbrush or, if needed, a damp cloth. Yeah, you know what? I've actually done that with uh, Tom's shoes because, you know, how they get real stinky. Oh, I thought you meant it was just like your friend named Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know Tom, his you shoes. Know, like, Tom's shoes, if you wear them without socks, which I do, they get really stinky. But if you put them in the freezer, it like kills the bacteria or something. And like, wow. You put them in a plastic bag first, but then you put it in the freezer and it like kills the bacteria and they stink less. It doesn't work for like long periods of time, but it will work for a bit. So, my it, college, my friends used to be like, "Please quit putting your stinky shoes in the freezer." <laughs> uh, and the last thing is, um, you can check with your local dry cleaner and carpet upholstery cleaners to see what services they offer. I love it. I am obsessed with Sarah. That like that's some sh well, Mallory next loves level cleaning. Shit, you love cleaning. Honestly, my eyes crossed with pleasure when I read this. Like the thought of of because I love books so much and I love cleaning cleaning books like Alan laughs at me all the time because I listen to the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack when I when I dust our library <laughs> which song obviously the first song where it's telling you about she's walking through the town and she's uh, going to the bookstore in the town oh, in a quiet, quiet village yeah. <laughs> I pretend that I'm Belle and I like I, I thought you were going to do to be our guest which is well, really yeah, funny it takes me a long time to be clean the library guest. so I eventually get down to those songs too <laughs> like, you should imagine this like candelabras cleaning alongside you well, and... yeah it's great and then there's Taylor's tale is old time and then Alan dances me around the room it's really cute oh my god I know it's just go home <laughs> <laughs> but so thinking about cleaning books, actually cleaning the books is very exciting to me. So and Sarah says that you can do a combination of points one and two and that works pretty well. So Amazing. for all those people who don't want to follow our advice and get rid of the stinky book, if you want to keep your stinky book, Sarah's here to help you out. I know. Fiona wrote in and said, I'm a junior in high school, so I thought I'd send you my reading list since you want to know what high schoolers are required to read nowadays. This was from our classics episode. We were like, what do high schoolers have to read? Because... 
we are too old to know this. I know. We're crones now. I know. Note, I go to a private Catholic all-girls school, so my public school peers may have slightly different lists, and it probably varies significantly by school district as well. So freshman year, she read Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet, a separate place by John Knowles and The Odyssey. Sophomore year, honors class. Way to go, Fiona. Right. A Thousand Splendid Sons. Great book. The Woman Warrior by Maxine Hong Kingston. I don't even know that one. Antigone, Othello, A Tale of Two Cities, The House on Mango Street by San, uh, Sandra Cisneros. Cisner, Cisneros. Uh, Cry, The Beloved Country by Alan Patton. And books I picked from a list of options. Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. What a ride. I like she starts telling us about them. Americana, so good and quite educational for a white girl in a very white city such as me. And The Bluest Eye. Junior year, AP, go Fiona. Right. Middlesex, cannot believe she read that in high school. Yeah. What? Is that not awesome? That's amazing. You're right, high school is amazing. The Crucible, The Scarlet Letter, The Awakening by Kate Chopin. Chopin? Shrug. The Awakening. You guys can't see that I'm shrugging, so I'm just narrating my shrug. But those are some of the ones we read. Actually, I think I also read The Crucible junior year. Uh, same. Crucible yeah. and Scarlet Letter junior year for me. I don't remember those. But Scarlet. not fucking Middlesex. No, isn't that crazy? It's crazy. And later in the year, I believe we will read The Great Gatsby and The Color Purple. Also, uh, two books I actually really like. And I just think this is a really great list. So, she says, mostly still white, straight dudes, but there is a bit of diversity there. However, I live in Portland, and my school is pretty liberal, so other places in the country might not have progressed as much in their idea of classics. I think this is great, and I'm really interested in this, and I'm so glad you sent this in, Fiona, because I feel like we learned so, like, I just learned so much. And, like, I love that they read A House on Mango Street. That's, like, super cool. Yeah, that I, I, I didn't get to read that in well, school. I think it, came out when I was in high school. I read it in high school, but it wasn't assigned. Oh, interesting. I, I think it came out when I was in high school, though. But I worked in a public library, so I you know, I read a lot of stuff that people weren't reading. But also, they still read The Odyssey. You know, they still yeah. read, like, these kind of, like... So they're getting this, like, knowledge where they feel like they can talk to people like our age who had to read all this, this stuff in high school. But then they also are getting a bunch of other cool stuff that, like, some of it I don't even know, you know? <laughs> Guys, I have this new idea. The idea is that... We'll see. We're going to try this out for a little while. If you guys want to participate, we would really enjoy this. So, you know, most shows, they play out music, and a lot of times people write music for them to play out the show. So, you know, they have this little theme song, and someone, like, writes a little theme song for them, and then they play it at the end of the show or between segments. We want to do the same thing, but we want you to read a passage from a book you like, a book you're reading, a quote. It doesn't have to be very long. We're thinking, like, 15 seconds, you know, very short. But basically, we would just play it at the end of our show. So if you're reading something you like, you know, pay attention to how it sounds. Don't record it in like a bus or something, like a moving <laughs> underwater. Like, yeah, don't record it next to your air conditioning unit. You know, you can record it on your voice memo, send it our way to our email address, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us the quote and we will read it as the show ends and we will tell say who sent it in and what book it's from. And so if someone wants to be inspired by what they're what you're reading, if you're inspired by what you're reading, we want to hear about it. We're going to try and see how it goes. Before we talk about bad books, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, what things can you do with Squarespace? Oh, you can turn your cool idea into a website. That's cool. That's really cool. You can blog or publish content. You love blogging. That's I do love blogging. You, do. you can announce an upcoming event or a special project. What, a, what project would you announce? 
my book that's coming out. You should build a Squarespace website for it. I probably should, actually. You really should. (laughs) And more. What does Squarespace give you to do all these things, Mallory? They give you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online, but hopefully nothing weird. Analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization. Free and secure hosting. Nothing to patch or upgrade ever both of us have squarespace websites we love them i have we hope other people like them i have two i have briagrant.com and briadrexandrights.com they're very easy to use and which is good because i don't understand how the internet works or technology so you can check out squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use the offer code glasses to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain that's squarespace.com intercode you did this last time. <laughs> Enter code glasses. <laughs> Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. <laughs> hey, these are this 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 is the straight talk that, that you're gonna get on this show. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm in therapy. I think you you I got more out of you than the therapist I went to twice. <laughs> Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. This week, we're talking about what to do with dun-dun-dun bad books. It happens all the time, folks. Maybe you've been looking forward to reading it for a long time. Maybe it's a big, buzzy book. Maybe your friend wants you to read it. You open it up and cue the sad trombone noise. Can we put that in the show? Yeah, there you go. You're you're not feeling it. You don't know what to do. We're here to help. Bria, as an e-reader and a library user, what do you do when you're reading a bad book? Do you have a hard and fast rule? Should we, like, define and say, like, should we say, like, you know, some books are not... Bad is bad a horrible thing to use, call books. I think a lot well, books we need that are to, just like not for me. Yeah, I think what we need to what we need to say is that a bad book. When we say bad book, we some like that could be all the way from a book that you think is offensive and you want to set it on fire sure. to a book that you're like, I'm just really not feeling this right not now. Like it. I'm reading The Merman, and this like if I wasn't so, such so stressed out this week, I might not be so stressed out by these kids' lives and want to put the book down. But you're just like it's a book. It's just not for you. And it could also be in the middle where you're like, I just don't like this. I don't. There was a book that I read recently that I liked the content but I really didn't like the writing style yeah that's true or sometimes I'll be reading it and I'm just like I cannot get behind this content too many names or like you know things yeah. like that where I'm like too many names I can't handle this too much stuff you might like you might like not like the main character mm-hmm. like there's all kinds of reasons why you're just not getting into a book and it doesn't necessarily mean the book is a piece of shit yeah it's it, not a garbage it's not necessarily it's not a garbage book I think there's a difference it's not a garbage book Let's just, we should define this a, we're talking about books that like are not for you we're not talking about garbage books that just should be thrown right into a dumpster a landfill <laughs> a landfill that's in a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> so, me, what do I do about what do I do about books that are bad for me? Books that I don't like. I think I because I'm an e-reader, I'm quicker to just toss them. Not physically, because I read on a Kindle and that thing was expensive. I would never toss that. <laughs> that would be very decadent to just throw a throw your e-reader over the fence so every I time. I don't have this physical book looking at me, and then also I get most of my books from the library. Like 90% of my books are from the library, so there's not like a money issue in it, so I don't have that like sunk cost fallacy thing going. So I I just and I know how long my TBR list is, so I just am like I let it go really quick. I used to go by page number, but now that I'm an e-reader, I go – I give it about 10% on my Kindle, which depending on the length of the book, 
you know, if it's a super long book and it's just not grabbing me, then like, fuck that book. But I'm pretty quick to give up on a book. And I always have like five books checked out from the library. So I can always just be like, nope, that's not going to happen. And I would say I give up on about, mm, I was going to say a quarter, but maybe like a fifth of the books I get. Maybe one in five, I'll read a page or I'll read a bit of it and then just move on. Huh. Yeah. What about you? So I used to have a hundred page rule. Well, that's a lot of pages. Yeah, and then I then I went it brought it down to fifty because I realized that that was a lot, and I eventually just dropped this rule altogether because books vary in length and size so much. Uh, I always know I'm not into a book the moment I find myself wanting to skim or I start spacing out, and that can happen ten pages in. That can pay, happen a hundred pages in. Almost always, it has to do whether or not I care about the main character. That's mm. really the thing that's going to get me to, to put the book down. Mm. I once put down a book three hundred pages in. What? To be fair, it was like a seven hundred page. Yeah. Book. Okay, okay. But uh, unless a book is actually offensive to me in some way, in which case I put it down immediately. But if I'm bored, uh, like if I'm bored with it, but someone really wants me to read it or it's super buzzy with great reviews, I'll usually push on for a few chapters after that point where I'm getting bored just to give it a chance. And after that, if there's no spark, I give up. It's just not worth it, guys. It's like a waste of your life. I'll only push on and keep reading if I really want to know how it ends. That book I was just uh, referring to recently, uh, which I won't name, um, I, you know, I really, really did not like the writing style of the book, but I was interested enough in the plot to know, like, I wanted to know what happened. So just not to check. I, I just, I know I'm never going to read that author again. And I just pu- pushed through it. I kind of skimmed some pages. And this only really works if a book isn't wicked long. Like if it's a 700 page book, just get like just throw it out the window guys <laughs> throw it out the window and leave it on the side of the road to mildew yeah. so if you reach that moment in a book we're gonna say just put it down if it's a library book you can return it so someone else can enjoy it if you bought it you can give it to a friend who might like it or you can sell it at a used bookstore and get a book you actually do like you don't have to get stuck with that book fyi if you are have already checked it out on your e-reader from the library you actually can't return it Really? Yeah, did you know that? You got you got to just wait it out for the three week period. Huh? At least at the Los Angeles Public Library. I don't know if that's everywhere, so people can write it and let us know if it's not. But it's um, they have a button that says return book, but then you press it and it's like you can't return this book. You this <laughs> book fuck is, you this is, you gotta you better start reading this book. <laughs> LAPL, you gotta calm down. Just like a like mad librarian photo comes up and she's like. Mm-mm. All, oh, speaking of, we also had a, a, somebody tweeted us and complaining about all the unnecessary F-bombs. Man, you guys are, I don't know what show you think you're going to be listening to, but this is Listen, just... Listen, we're the, we're the wild child of the book the book podcast world. We're, mean, we're the crazy ones. I mean, have you seen me, guys? <laughs> I don't leave the house. I'm covered in tattoos. I have six cats. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, what about you? Do you, what, do you what, what are the things that help you put a book down? You know, because... What what really started to help me and what I realized what was going on, because, you know, I keep a book journal. What I used to do is I would write the book down when I started it. And then just because of the fact that it was like written down somewhere, I was like, I felt like I have to read this because it's written in the journal. But so what I do now is I only write the book in my journal after I finished it. Oh, I wouldn't even think to write it before I finished it. Yeah, I think I'm but just, I think I quit a lot more books than you do probably. Yeah, I think I'm just like a two- I'm like an organizational freak, yeah. and I was like, I can't have a gap in my journal. Organizing is like your number one hobby. It really I'm is. I'm sorry. Two. Number two. The first one's books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's Books, true. then organizing. Well, that's why when I organize my library, it's just my favorite favorite thing in the <laughs> just world. put on that Beauty and the Beast soundtrack, and, uh, gives, and you just like it. start to like, you get like a rolling ladder. We're going to get going a rolling like, ladder oh for God. the library just right. so I could do this. But yeah, so <laughs> this way, I, if I put it, if I only write it down 
after I finished it, I feel way less obligated and it has completely changed the game for me. And I can. And it's like a to do list thing. Like you get to check it off, which, you know, I love. Exactly. Bria, do you give books second chances? Oh, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't. Uh, Although on the Read Harder, I'm on the Read Harder Challenge, doing the Read Harder Challenge for Book Riot this year. And they have this one item, which is read an assigned book you hated or never finished, like an assigned book from like college or high school or I don't know middle school I don't know um and I honestly I can't think of anything for this challenge and I I just like for me I'm a people pleasing list checking student and I made A's and I was like if they assigned a book to me I don't know if I can read that book like how could I not read the book and so it's a weird thing I think I'm gonna skip it I think I have to skip that read harder challenge is there a book that someone wanted you to wanted you to read that you started reading and didn't like no because if someone wanted me to read it i'm probably gonna finish it like well maybe i won't you know that's a good way let me i'll have to think about it there's nothing that comes to mind but maybe there is a like someone handed me a book and they're like you're gonna love this and then i start reading and i'm like what the fuck are they talking about (laughs) what kind of person do they think i am yeah exactly so maybe maybe there's one that i just haven't I just like did. I just quit in the middle or something. But so, all right, that's one I could think that assign. It's not assigned, but you know, it's. Can your like, friends give you assignments? You want me to? Get, you want me to assign you a book that I'm like not gonna read? Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you? Do you give books second chances? I actually, I actually do. Uh, since I buy so many books, I feel a little bit more obligated to give them a shot. And half the time, when I give a book another shot, I actually find myself getting into it. It, it all depends on what's going on in my life right now. Like, for like, you know, you might you might be in a fight with your family and not be in the mood for a drama about a loving family. You might be staying <laughs> by yourself for the weekend and not ready for a scary book. Like, you're half of what you're half of the book's magic. Ooh. Again, like if I read this book on vacation when I was happy and not stressed out, like I might be like, oh, and powering through it and wondering what's going on with this, these kids so what I what I normally do when I pick out a book is I'll stand in my library and read like the first couple pages and if it seems like it's grabbing me but sometimes I'll just get a few chapters in and be like you know what this book if they're like if the writing's okay I'm like oh you know what the this the writing is good but I'm just not drawn into it I'll put it down and I'll pick it back up again in a few months that's good is there a book you can think of that you were like you put down and then you were like I'm not gonna read that and you picked it back up and you loved it yes it was a book that I just I, I, I recently read. It was uh, The Turner House by Angela Flournoy. Oh, I just added because you talked about it. I just added it to my yeah, library. I finished list. it. It was amazing. But you picked it up the first time and were like, no, and I was can't just do like, it. I'm not into it. Like I have trouble with family stuff, uh, but I I picked it up again recently, obviously, and and I just found myself totally drawn into it. Follow up question: Did you figure out what, what the a hate was? <laughs> Hell yeah, I did. You figured it out what a hate was? Like, it's like a southern word for a ghost. Okay, good. That's what I thought. <laughs> figured it out, guys. Mystery solved. <laughs> um, and also, just to, to touch on the stress that's in Mallory's life and my life, we both had cats pee on our stuff this morning. First thing in the morning. How is that possible? I love that I texted They're, you I'm, at like six forty-five, and I, you were like, "Malika, I peed everywhere," and I was like, "Logan peed everywhere too." <laughs> so you're like, "We're just reading sw- glasses, life." <laughs> you're like, "We're just swimming in cat pee." I did write that <laughs> very we were very, very stressed out week guys so you can send your thoughts on bad books to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we interview author and podcaster aaron minky we're going to take a short break hi i'm comedian emily heller and i'm cartoonist lisa hannah walt and we're the hosts of baby geniuses do you want to learn weird new facts do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop do you want the scoop on martha stewart's pony if you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paula Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> Baby 
geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. So we're here with Aaron Menke, who is a writer who is known for his podcast work from the podcast Lore. Thank you for being here, Aaron. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. So tell us what you're reading right now. So I have to caveat this by saying I don't read a lot of books in paper format these days just because I do so much reading for work. So for me, it's audio. I'm an audio guy. So I'm, I'm listening to uh, Artemis by Andy Weir. And uh, oh, it's, it, yeah, it's fantastic. I love The Martian. And uh, he's he's a really great storyteller. He's able to weave you know like science in with plot and uh, in a really well done way. So I'm enjoying it. So Aaron, you want to tell us about your latest book? Well, so Monstrous Creatures came out in October of last year. Uh, it's the first of three that Penguin Random House will publish. It's part of a series that they that we're calling the World of Lore. And uh, and then the next book is Wicked Mortals that comes out at the end of May. And then book three is, um, you know, kind of earmarked for October of this year. So busy time. Yeah. Uh, each of the books is sort of a like a collection of stories built around a theme. Uh, I, I tell people it's people, places and things like the definition of a noun. And uh, so things came out in October, uh, you know, monstrous creatures and then people will come out in May, Wicked Mortals. And then places is, is dreadful places in October. And the books have stories that are from the podcast that I write called Lore. Um, they also have extra tales that haven't been published through the podcast. Um, they're all packaged up in these beautiful hardcover books with this gorgeous uh, Edward Gorey-like uh, illustrations throughout. And they're, they're amazing. I love them. <laughs> that is awesome. Congratulations. Thank so you. This episode is all about what to do when you don't like a book. Do you have a rule for putting down a book that you aren't into? Yeah. I mean, essentially it's all about time for me. I'm so busy. <clears throat> so, you know, if a, if a book doesn't grab me in the first chapter, I'm, I'm out, you know, I just, I, I close it or turn it off and, and walk away. I, I can't, I can't waste time giving a story a chance. So I just move on. It's kind of snobbish and, and probably a little overly dramatic, but that's, that's how I roll. No, we support that. We're both we're both the exact same way. Okay, good. <laughs> and is there something specifically that will make you put down a book? Like, is there? Do you have something that you're like, no, I do not read books with this specific thing in it? Well, I mean, other than poor writing, which I mean, I'm I'm not the best writer in the world, and and I I love reading people like Neil Gaiman or Stephen King, who are they're on opposite ends of the spectrum on how many words they use to get an idea across, but they're both brilliant writers. So you, you get kind of good over time at smelling the bad writing and uh, I'll, I'll close a book for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm turned off by shallow characters or unoriginal ideas, you know, things that, why am I here if you're not going to let me burrow into the mind of this character or give me something more original than, you know, rehashing the plot of a 1980s action movie. I don't know. It just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel right. So yeah, that, 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 those are my, my not so strict, but kind of picky markers. Those are, I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, those are great rules. So what do you do with the book afterwards? Are you the kind of person who will give the book a chance again in the future or do you give it away? Well, I mean, I have a hard time gifting things to people that I don't like. So <laughs> uh, honestly, the books just kind of end up in a box in the garage. And then, uh, you know, I always, every time I put one in there, I say, well, maybe I'll donate this box to a, you know, a, one of those book drop boxes someplace. But again, I, 
if they're not good books, I feel kind of bad doing that. So I don't know what, I'll probably just end up hoarding them and my kids will deal with them when I die someday. <laughs> um, and so do you ever go back and try to read a book, give it a second chance, a book that you didn't like? I have done that once. Yeah. Once that I remember my wife gave me a, a book called the Dante club. I don't remember who wrote it, but it's, it's kind of a, a period piece set in the early to mid 1800s. Um, uh, James Russell Lowell, Ralph Waldo Emerson, like all these people who are writers in the in the Boston area at that time. Um, and it's kind of like a supernatural thriller, but I I just couldn't get into it. I tried twice. I, I started from the beginning both times. I read, you know, five or six chapters and I just I just couldn't get into it. And at that point I said, I'm either too stupid to read this book or it's there's just something that's not clicking. So to this day, my wife will still say, oh, that was such a good book. And <laughs> and I don't know what to say. <laughs> Do you guys often read the same books, you and your wife? Not not often, no, no. But there, there there's small overlaps. I mean, I, I tend to drift more toward the darker stuff and she doesn't. She's more of like a, like if she wants something with, with fantastical elements in it, she'll go with Cecilia Ahern, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who is writing more literature with, with a hint of um, unexpected or unusual and me, I'll, I'll just, you know, lean real heavy into Stephen King for a long time. And, and, and that's what I like. So, um, yeah, we, we don't tend to rec- you know, but I will say that, um, w- one of the books that we've both loved, uh, is eleven twenty two sixty three from Stephen King, which is a, like, if anybody wants to start reading that guy, that's a great starter book. It's huge, but it's a great starter book. So that's one we've shared. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your reading life? Do you have any weird reading quirks that you want to share with us? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I, I have weird ways that I treat my books, like no folding corners. That's not allowed. Okay. Um, we like that. And yeah, I, it's somebody, somebody was staying at our house a couple of months ago and they picked up one of my books off the bookshelf and we're just reading through it. And I thought they were being casual about it. And I, I watched her fold the corner over and put it on the table. And I karate chopper in the neck. <laughs> yeah. I, I have issues with that. I really do. Um, I, I it, it's, you know what? You just grab a bookmark that that's, there's a, there are coasters on the table. I don't even care if you stick a coaster in the book. Just, just don't bend my corners. <laughs> um, so um, if a book has a dust jacket that goes on the shelf while I'm reading the book, and uh, and I never ever ever look at the last page before I read the full book because that'd be cheating. Oh, I love it! So you hate spoilers? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I am, Aaron. I am very, very much with you. You on guys that. know the same. Sacred <laughs> <laughs> to me. So, uh, do you have a book that you like to gift to people? I love the Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. Ugh. It's super accessible. It's standalone. Um, it's not too long and the artwork in it, at least, at least the, like the original hardcover that I have, it's, it's just so, so beautiful. Uh, that's a great book to give to people. And, uh, and again, 112263, I've gifted to a number of people because it's just one of Stephen King's best. Awesome. So you're doing a lot of things right now. Where can people find all the things you're doing? Where can they look you up online? What's the best place to find you? Well, if they want to go to a website, theworldoflore.com is a great place to start. Uh, that's got links to the TV show on Amazon, the podcast website. Um, what else is there? Um, the links out to the book series, right? Um, and then I, I try to keep that up to date with like tour dates and book tour dates and, and things like that. Um, and then if, if you're a, a Twitter sort of person, I'm I'm always on Twitter, um, you know, with, with uh, updates for what's going on in my life, dad jokes, the occasional rant, 
uh, things like that. I am A-M-A-H-N-K-E on Twitter. And Lore is on Twitter as well, Lore Podcast. It's just more your standard, hey, there's a new episode out kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. We know you're very busy, so we loved having you. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been fantastic. Now we're going to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Tom writes in, This weekend I was visiting my parents and again saw how many books by a right-wing conspiracy theorist publisher they had. There were gifts by my grandfather, who in his last years drifted further and further right, mostly due to the rise of the alternative for Germany party and Trump. I searched the house for all the books by that publisher and threw them away. Normally I would never do that. If I no longer want to own a book, I will either sell it or give it away. But I don't want anyone else reading those books either. Attached is a picture of the books that are now in the garbage can. It was all like crazy right wing. It was like a stack of crazy right wing books. <laughs> oh my god! Again, I read all the emails. Uh, <laughs> have you ever have you ever thrown books away? Is there a reason that would ever make you destroy a book, Bria? What do you think? Oh man, I love this. I love this email. Yeah, I have thrown books away. Uh, sometimes you got to do it. They're good to donate. It's good to donate. First and foremost, if you have the time to donate, you can get a tax deduction. You help your community. It is great. But sometimes. It is you are busy with your life and you are moving out of your house where you just have to get everything done and you just throw those right in the garbage, which sucks. But it look, it happens and you have to forgive yourself for these things. You're OK with it. I think look, I think I'm OK. I'm OK with this move, Tom, because not only did you not want to just, you know, donate these and so someone else could buy them. You wanted to get rid of their existence. <laughs> you wanted to you wanted to X them from the earth. You wanted to what do they call it? Scorch and burn. Yeah, that's not what you call it. Scorching. Anyway, you wanted you wanted to just you wanted to light these books on fire. Um, as an alternative, like I'm going to throw it out there, my mother, my mother would Who's probably great? make some kind of book journal with them or something, uh, with the binding, and you could probably reuse that book. She she's a very crafty lady. You're a very crafty lady. I know, but she's more crafty than I am. She has like. Like, straight up, like, craft closet and stuff. And I feel like I'm not at that level yet. You only uh, have a craft drawer. I have, like, craft, like, box. Like, I'm not even at the drawer level. I don't need that much space for my craft stuff. But, yeah, she would, like, probably rip out the pages, somehow, like, get rid of the cover and make it into, like, a journal. She makes these journals that I use all the time. I use them for everything where they are just made of old book covers, which is really cool. But, um, you know, if you're not crafty and you just want to get rid of these books' existence, you could just do that. What do you think? Tom? Dump those books right in the trash. We're living in a scary time. It's all those trash babies right to have the ability to write and publish those books. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Think anybody should publish a book that wants to. Absolutely. But you know what? We're not fucking obligated to read it or help them be available for other people to read them. If a, if a book offends your very soul because, oh, I don't know, maybe it's written by a homophobic right wing crazy person who wants to murder poor people, toss it in the garbage in a volcano, in a dumpster, whatever you want to do. You don't owe that book or the author anything. If you want, you can make it useful. If you're not crafty, line your hamster cage with it. Ooh, I like that. Use it as mulch or compost. Put it in in an outhouse somewhere as toilet paper. You know, recycle it. Get creative, whatever you need to do. But again, like, yes, please, these people have the right to say whatever they want, but I don't think we're not obligated to like, you know, oh, well, this book is it's just because it's a book. It needs to be out in the world and maybe somebody else wants to read it. Like, no, Tom, you don't have to give these people the time of day. Do you think that's Tom's concern? Or one thing we did, both of us did not address is the fact that these are other people's books. 
Is it okay to go through and throw I'm away assu- other people's books? I'm assuming his parents are okay with this. I'm assuming his parents weren't like standing on the door on the threshold, like weeping as he set fire to these books. I'm assuming they were like, yeah, whatever, take them. Like, don't steal. Go- like, don't be like the Robin Hood of books and like break into right wing crazy people's houses and like steal their books and like from the right wing give to the left wing (laughs) like you know in the middle of the night in your cat burglar suit like slicing up books with a knife but do you think if he didn't ask his parents would it be okay no I don't think it would have been okay if he like you can't steal like you don't steal things from people Like you can, people need to be able to make the choice. Yeah, but people need to be able to make the choices. You need to actually, you need to ask people. But if he asks his parents, like, "Hey, we have all these books that are like crazy and offensive to me. I really want to get rid of them." And they're like, "Yeah, sure, do whatever you want. Like, that's fine." Yeah, I think that's fine. And I think you know, you don't feel like this definitely goes in the bad book section. Don't, don't, don't feel like you have to treat those books with any dignity if you don't like them, just because they're written word. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay, Tom. We're we're dumping in the trash. Uh, if you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. Reading Glass is pleased to offer interactive transcripts of the show through Greta. Go to G-R-E-T-T-A dot com slash reading underscore glasses to read and turn your favorite reading glasses moments into clips that you can share out on social media. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast, on Litzy at readingglasses, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses thanks for listening and thanks for reading i did that all in one breath wow hooey maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported